Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I will be speaking about where I am currently with my Iron Man journey, my half Iron Man journey, soon to be full Iron Man journey. Well, I probably am on my full Iron Man journey because it's going to be a long ride and a long time of accumulation of training. But there's been quite a lot of lessons learned. And also, it's since the time we spoke about me entering this Ironman, half Ironman, a lot has happened. Quite a lot has happened. And there's a lot of insight to my training. And also, maybe you could uh, resonate with really being crap at something and try to figure out, like, how do I get good at this, no matter how bad it is in the moment? Because that, for me, is swimming. And it still is swimming. But we'll talk about where I am right now, how everything is going, where do I foresee my training and pretty much the cost of things and am I going to be buying more things and how, how am I going, what is happening and what is my aim with this half Ironman? Am I just competing to cross the finish line or have I changed my mind in the last couple of weeks? Stick around and find out. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back. There's been some scorcher days in Melbourne. It's been like a sauna outside. And with a lot of my training actually happening outside, it's made me really think about what's happening with my fitness goals and my training because of the, the half Ironman and signing up to a triathlon and really getting into that. Because it's not one of those things where, you know, you can just sign up to and like, yeah, I'll leave it aside and, and jump in. Like you actually, you have to train for an extended period of time, especially if you want to do well, rather than coming in once, twice a week and half-assing it. And what I've realized when I zoom out of my life, you can also probably you know stop right now and zoom out of your life and do the same thing and look at the trajectory of where your life has gone over time. And I've had periods of party phases where oh, it's one of going to be very um, <laughs> cliche and you know, you try to find yourself and find the group of people that you like and the things that you align with and the things that really you resonate with. And for me, partying was just a phase where I tried it out. You know, you had some friendship groups, but you ended up realizing they're all party friends. And then you find things that you like and you slowly knuckle down and zoom in and hone in on these things that are more you. And for me, I've realized that I've always loved fitness. I've always loved sport. I've wasn't a fan of running because the way it was introduced to me wasn't in a pleasant way. I just hated running. And during COVID, where you could have gone one of two ways, you could have either been really depressed and eaten a lot of food and just been a couch potato, or like me, you would have just lost your mind in another sense and just exercise like a maniac. And that is when I started to run properly and actually fall in love with running and realize how much it mentally uh, benefited me. And now I like to run. I really enjoy running. And for me, it's like a cathartic meditative process where I can run, not have music and just be in my own head and just, you know, clear out my cachet, clear up, you know, the cobwebs in my head and just really see, uh, and understand the patterns in my head and just try to really fix everything up and just reorganize my brain. And then as you get into this you know, lifestyle of training and, and 
like me was getting into more into fitness stuff and then doing like a high rocks, been doing an ultra marathon. And then I thought, you know what, what's after that? And I guess it's a bit of an ADHD thing where you're like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Give me some dopamine. But I'm really falling in love with this process of learning new things. And as much as I, as I hate it in the moment, when you're really bad at something, when you really suck at something in the moment, it's horrible. And I'll get into just some of the stuff with me and swimming very soon, but in the moment it sucks. And there's so many lessons to be learned through your training. It's not just like I show up to the gym when I'm feeling like crap and I put in a session and I go home. There's, there's so many lessons there that you can relate to in your everyday life. And you can just literally mirror that in your everyday life. Just because the setting is a gym, just because around you there is weights and plates and machines doesn't mean there is no lesson learned there. There is plenty to learn. So before I get into any of the stories about my training and what's been happening, let's first talk about What's happened since I first announced my uh, entry into the half Ironman? So what I've done is I've signed up with a triathlon coach just for base programming because I could write my own programs, but because of the amount of training you do when you're training for a triathlon, which is normally six to seven sessions, I just, and also trying to run a business, I just, I don't... (laughs) I want someone else to do that for me. I don't want to think about that. I want that, be, want that to be done for me and then I can just do it and that's it. And also I have signed up with a nutrition coach because meal planning and prepping my meals, I have been horrible with my food. I'm going to be honest. I've been going to McDonald's after, after training just to get the loose change menu. You know what? They're, they're dogs because that, that stuff is dirt cheap. $7.95, $8.95 for a meal, like a proper meal. Oh, they're dogs. They're dogs. They know how to get you. They're marketing and advertising. Ah, they're dogs. But end of the day, you'd rather get the calories you need rather than having uh, less calories with whole foods. So sometimes when you're training so much, you need processed foods. As, as much as I hate to say it, like as long as most of your diet and your nutrition is whole foods, if you're training a lot, you're not going to get it all through your whole foods. So my issue was meal prepping, taking meals to work, eating more. So I said, you know what? I want <laughs> I want that out of my head as well. I want the guesswork out of there. I want my training done and now I want my nutrition done. So now I've got a sports nutritionist who's just going to give me a meal plan and I like cooking. So whatever she says to do, I will do. Now that's out of the way. What else have I done? I have purchased a road bike. Now my budget was about 2000 and road bikes are ridiculous. I went to a, a, a shop with a friend and uh, I just said, this is my first time riding a bike and so did she. And her introduction bike by this guy was a very expensive bike. And as this guy was talking, saying, this Burberry bike is very good. It's very, it's got little 12 gears, really good bike for triathlons. I can see a price tag with a lot of numbers. And 10 minutes in, I asked him, like, how much is, is this bike? And he says, oh, this bike is $19,999. My car cost me 10 grand. My car takes me everywhere. It takes me to work. It takes me to training. It takes me to my soccer games. It takes me anywhere I'm traveling that is a car. It has a windshield. It has a roof. It has heating. It has cooling. It has a radio. I am safe in there. Why would I spend 20 grand on a bike? Maybe not now, maybe in the future, but for now, all I need is something to get used to and to understand how a bike actually works. A road bike is very different to a normal bike. Now, what I did instead was the cheapest bike there was three and a half grand on special. Nah, way out of my budget. So Facebook marketplace it is. And I love me me some Facebook marketplace deals. Eventually, I um, 
the issue that I found was I am a very tall guy. I'm six foot three, six foot four ish. I need an extra large frame. And most of the bikes on sale are all mediums to large max. So small, medium, large, you probably barely find an XL. If you do, it's probably sold. I ended up finding one for 1500. It was an amazing bike. On the same day I found it, sold. Then the guy said, hey man, I've got another bike. It's about 1025. Also good nick, very good bike refurbished. I can deliver to you by tonight. And I said, you know what, that whatever, it's a grand. I'm happy to spend a grand. I'll take it. Now, I have a road bike. What have I done on my road bike? I have a helmet and I have TT bars, which I've just installed yesterday. So TT bars are bars that go in the middle of the bike where your handles are, where you can just rest your elbows and your hands are more of a neutral, comfortable position, especially when you're going on longer, three, four, five, six hour rides. It's difficult to hold onto the handlebars because it just gives you so much wrist pain. So I've been getting used to that little TT bar triathlon position and it's really comfortable. That is my newest addition. Other than that, running wise, nothing. I've just got a tri suit, which you use for the swim, the bike and the run. My shoes have stayed the same. The only thing I've changed now uh, is I've gotten some more things for swimming, which have been the fins, the paddles, a snorkel, uh, a pool boy, and if you're getting into swimming, I'm telling you right now, the pool boy is a game changer. That's the that's the only thing you need if you're struggling to swim. Everything else is an accessory. It does help, but the pool boy does the most important thing. It keeps you afloat and keeps you in that streamlined position. Because me, um, my bum and my legs just sink, and it's a it's a struggle to swim. And once I started using the pool boy, I'm sipping. I'm sipping for the water. I'm flying for the water. Now. How has my training been going? The running has been fine. Uh, after the ultra marathon, the funny thing is taking some time off because uh, that's such a big impact on the body and big stress on the body. I had a uh, runner's knee for a bit, which meant I, I had this shooting pain through the left side of my left leg, up like past my knee, into my knee, which uh, I struggled to run for a good probably three, four weeks. And in that time, I probably gained a little bit of weight and I lost a bit of fitness. So I've been back into running and it's crazy how much I really, honestly, truly rely on cardio because in my training, I just train in the gym. I don't really do much else other than my running and football. Once you take the running and football out, it's very easy, easy for me to gain weight because I eat a lot of food. Now, running wise, it's been fine. I'm getting back into the swing of things. My pace is going back up. The bike, I'm enjoying the bike. It's just getting used to the gears. It's getting used to being on the road because being on the road is just scary. It's it's dangerous. Drivers are idiots. I'm an idiot. Like last week I stopped at Hunky Dory's and I looked, didn't see anyone, opened my door, almost clotheslined a, uh, a cyclist. And I felt bad. I, just, I didn't hit him, but I was so close. But I, I just, I should have checked again. And now being in that, you know, bike position on the, being a cyclist, every single parked car is a danger. Every single parked car is a hazard. You're always on alert. You're always trying to be aware of your surroundings, but sometimes shit happens. So I'm just trying to be really careful with my uh, riding um, because yeah, if you're riding a bike, you don't have a windshield. So just because it's 30 Ks doesn't mean it doesn't feel fast. 30 Ks, 40 Ks on a bike feels pretty quick and a little nudge and a bump and you're off the bike. That's going to be a bitch. It's going to be a big pain in the ass. So 
other than the safety factor, cycling actually been pretty fun. I actually really enjoy cycling. I used to ride BMX back in the day and do some jumps and some gnarly stuff, but that's different. It's so different. Like the bike is a different shape. The bike is so much more heavier than a BMX and it's not used to just ride on the road. You just, it's used to um, absorb a lot of pressure and do jumps and tricks and like the frame is supposed to withstand a lot of, a lot of damage as opposed to a road bike, which is pretty, pretty brittle. Let's talk about my best friend, swimming. Now, when I talk about swimming, I want really people. I want people to really understand, like what I mean by bad. Um, bad, I mean, it, let's say in a twenty-five meter pool, if I try to swim, I can probably go halfway uh, with my head up, and I'll probably stop halfway. So I'll probably get 12, 12 and a half meters, maybe maybe 15 meters, uh, maybe 20, okay? But I would feel like I've just run a marathon. I would be be breathing out my ass. I My heart rate would be so elevated. I would need a, a huge break. I, I would be wheezing for air. And I can't, I don't know how to bilateral breathe. So I don't know how to stroke, stroke, breathe to the side, stroke, stroke. I, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to keep my bum up. Every single basic thing, I don't know how to do. So when people tell me they're bad at swimming, I've had people recently follow me um, that are also you know, preparing for a triathlon, half Ironman, whatever. And they're like, oh, Sin, I'm also such a bad swimmer. And I go on their profile, they do a 2K swim in the pools. If that's bad, then I, I, physically, I probably have never seen or stepped foot into water. That's how bad I am. So that has been such... I'm not going to say a nightmare, but it's been, I'm going to put it in a nice way. Not, none of this, uh, none of this fixed mindset stuff, right? So let's talk about some growth mindset stuff. It's been a challenge. Let's put it that way. It's been quite a challenge. And the challenge has been, especially knowing that swimming is such a technical sport and especially Australians have done it for so many years. Most Europeans, us wogs, we don't really do it very often or at all because our parents aren't the best swimmers. So then they're like, well, I'm not a good swimmer. My kid doesn't even know how to swim and we'll leave it as it is. So we grow up being horrible swimmers. You know, we go to the beach, but that's about it. So learning how to swim properly with the aid of YouTube has been uh, has been quite a process in just learning to acquire a skill. And I understand how difficult it is for my my clients or anyone else that's starting something new at this age it really sucks because you think too much about what you're doing. You think, oh my God, I suck. Or you think this is embarrassing or there's a fear there. There's too much thinking involved when you're older doing something that you, one, are probably horrible at, two, uh, are scared to be horrible at. And that's, and that's what most of us, well, that's what stops most of us from doing anything. It's being horrible at it and being scared that you're going to be horrible at it and people are going to know about it. But you have to start somewhere and you, and you have to be horrible at something before you get good at it. It's just impossible to be a natural. Yes, sometimes people can be naturals, but we just always also see the tip of the iceberg. There's more to that than just like, oh, that kid's a natural at a sport. They've probably been playing in the backyard for the last five, six years before you've even noticed they had a kick. Now, with the swimming, what I've noticed in my my opinion, my my recent training, um, is it's just being in the water. It's just being comfortable in the water. It's just spending time in the water because for most people, b- being in water is such an unnatural place. And the body knows that as well. It's, it's not used to being in the water. 
If, if, you, if you don't swim, being in the water is a scary experience because you're in there and you're like, this is so unfamiliar to me. I'm actually scared. I don't know what to do. So the likelihood of you panicking is so much higher. And I've tried so many things in the last probably three, four weeks, having fins on, um, using a, like a kickboard, breathing out to the side. And I know eventually I'm going to have to have nothing and learn how to do all these things. Then I got a snorkel thinking that the snorkel would save me. And if anything, the snorkel actually made it worse because my head is constantly under the water and you're, you're, it's weird because you're trying to breathe underwater through this snorkel and sometimes you don't hold it hard enough and then you breathe in water. And my tri coach gave me, he's given me two running sessions, two swimming sessions and two uh, bike sessions. And the two sessions for swimming are ridiculously hard. I told him, look, man, I can't swim. I have to tell him one more time, like actually how bad I am at swimming. And what happened was I tried to follow that program, which was like 400 meter warm up with fins. Normally my swim is 500 meters. That's it. I'm done. I go home. Anyway, I did that with a snorkel. I wanted to cry in the water. I, I don't cry much. I stopped multiple times. I just I genuinely wanted to just break down and cry because it was just so frustrating. It was so difficult. I was panicking. I was getting in my own head and I was thinking like, how am I going to swim 1.9 Ks in the ocean? Especially when there's going to be people around me kicking me, pulling my legs, slapping me in the face, you know, with the, with the current salt water. How am I going to do this? And I can't just stand up in the ocean and be like, all right, I'm going to get my breath back. You know, you can't, you're in the freaking ocean. <laughs> so that was so demoralizing for me. It was, it was horrible. So I went home and I was just taking down like a huge notch. Cause before that I was getting my confidence up slowly and I just banged out so many YouTube videos and I just went to the base beginner of things. I literally went into the small pool, held onto the edges and just trickled out water through my nose while my head's in the water, got my head out, breathe in, put my head back in, trickle out water, head up, breathe in. Literally set a timer for 10 minutes and did it for 10 minutes straight. Then I got into some fins. I used the buoy and then eventually I'm like, okay, now it's time for me to try to breathe out through the side. And I've been watching so many videos on how to do the technique and how to glide. And, and honestly, it's the same as PT and coaching. What your coach gives you is one piece of instruction, but what your body does when you process that information is the other piece. So one is extrinsic and one's intrinsic. So what that person tells you is extrinsic. And then the way you process that information and then try to find and, and solve the puzzle in your own way is intrinsic. And what's been really cool is trying to solve the puzzle of freaking swimming and breathing, which is for me, it's the hardest part is knowing when to breathe and how to breathe. That's been one of the most difficult parts of probably actually the most difficult part uh, of my triathlon training or just my training in general for the last few years, it's always been a fear, but the way it's shifted from just breaking things down into the most basic things and then working my way up. And then through that process, you build your confidence. I can't just do the program that the guy gave me and do, you know, he, he programmed like a 400 meter warm up with fins and then 200 meters a fast tempo, then a 200 meter slow tempo. I, I have no speed. I'm not even at the point where I can tell you whether this is hard or easy, whether this is full gas or slow. 
I, I don't have a speed. My speed is survival right now. I just need to get from one end to the other. So for me, I said, you know what? I'm going to leave that as it is. I'm going to break it down myself and I'm going to just build confidence and get confident in the water. And the water for me should feel like a natural environment, not an environment I'm like, ah, I think I'm going to die. And that's been me for the first like three, four weeks of starting swimming again. It's just, I, I'm scared. I'm going to die in the water, but I can just stand up and the water's up to my belly button. But the fear is still there. So getting over that fear, being comfortable is the main thing. It's like anything. There is no secret. It's just keep doing it, keep being persistent, and eventually it will pay off. That's like with anything. With anything in life, I remember when I was a kid, I'd always try to find things that was a, a quick fix, um, even for you know a diet, nutrition, sports performance. I always wanted a quick fix. And with age, I realized there is no quick fix. The only the only fix is skin in the game, time doing that thing, and just con- consistently doing that thing and failing and doing that thing. And eventually you become good at that thing. There is no one that's going to come up to you and like, here, have this you know, magic potion. And guess what? You are a fish. It's not going to work like that. And the quicker you realize that, the better it's going to be for you. Because then when you're doing that thing and you're failing, you, that is the biggest indicator that you are on the right track. Because once you fail, you're going to go back to, okay, I tried this. It didn't work. How do I uh, fix it up? So you try, you evaluate what worked or didn't work, and then you go back to fixing it up and you try again. And it's just that little process of try, didn't work. Why didn't it work? What, what are you going to try again? And then fix it up and keep going. That's the only way you're going to learn. So that has been my process with swimming, which is for me at first been difficult because I haven't been, uh, I haven't done anything that I've been bad at for a long time. I've been lifting for ages. I've been running for a while now. I've been playing sport for a while now. I haven't really done anything that's been really too far out of my comfort zone other other than some business stuff. But the swimming has been really humbling for me. And it's something that I can resonate with everyone that has a fear in doing something. And the only way to get over that fear is by actually doing that thing. There is no tiptoeing around a certain thing. If you actually want to do something, you have to do it. Unless you want to avoid it, unless you're like, you know what, I don't want to swim ever in my life, I'm going to avoid the pool, then that's fine. That's your choice. You don't have to swim. But if you want to do an Ironman or you want to do a triathlon or you want to be a better swimmer and you're avoiding the pool, sometimes the thing that you really need is in the thing that you don't want to do. And doing that thing you don't want to do is going to eventually get you that thing that you you need or you know you want and i heard this here we go another quote i love i love quotes it's funny because a long time ago you know i wasn't really into quotes i'm like ah quotes are boring but then i realized my my ego was stopping me from really processing quotes and the thing about quotes it's not going to resonate with everyone but every now and then something is going to resonate with you and it's going to stick in your head and it can change the trajectory of your life just from one quote and this quote is you can dance in the rain or you can sulk in the rain. Either way, it's going to rain. So sometimes things are going to be shit, but it's your perspective on things. I can go in the water once and be like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out. I'm not doing it. Or I can say, you know what? What, what a journey it is because I, I don't think people really understand how rewarding it is to eventually overcome a fear, to eventually be good at something that you were so bad at for so long, 
And I think that's where a, a lot of us have this poor idea of, we look at life as more of this like depressive drama or God knows what, rather than like something that we can be the hero in it and we can do so many things that we are scared to do and we can really enjoy life because through suffering and through failure, can we really grow as a person? And overcoming fears is so rewarding because then a new you emerges out of that. And then you realize, oh my God, the person I am now is different to who I was 10 months ago. And then you want to overcome another fear. And that is just leveling up and just getting better and better in, in your life as a person, as a you know, as a worker, as a friend, as a partner, whatever you want to call it, you're just, it's character development. And if you never put yourself in the, in the ring, you're never going to learn any lessons. But so far I'm learning a lot of lessons, not just about, you know, triathlon training, which is very intense. I'm doing six sessions a week or spending a lot of time, you know, you, you are going to have uh, sacrifices. And for me, look, I don't like to party anymore. I don't like to go do drugs. And, uh, you know, my Sunday morning was spent with my, uh, I was, you know, my best friend, Nam, I was the best man at his wedding. My last Sunday was spent with him on a bike. Like we spent an hour and a half on a bike, riding through the beaches, stopped to get a coffee. And that was amazing. That was such a wholesome experience for me to spend good quality time with a friend that you don't get to spend much time with close ones like that. Because everyone's busy, everyone's got you know their own lives and their their own partners, their own families, their own job. They've moved away, you know. So sometimes you know partying with friends is yes, it could be fun, but is it is it wholesome? Is it worth it? You know how worth it is the thing you feel the next day? How crap you feel? In my opinion, for me, it's not like I like waking up early on a Sunday and really enjoying my my time. But the the main thing that I'm learning is no matter how much I've improved or I believe I've improved in my life, I still have so many holes and so many flaws where, you know, swimming is, is something that's, that's shown me a lot of my um, limiting beliefs that I have in my head. And then sometimes looking at those limiting beliefs, I can see the other limiting beliefs I have in my business or in my day-to-day -day life that also are stopping me from achieving certain things. And that's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing to to be made aware of the the issues that uh, or the things that are stopping you. And normally the things that are stopping you is not really anyone else. It's more or less you. You normally get in the way of yourself. That the, the mountain is you. You are, you are I'm not going to say the issue, but you are the thing that's stopping you from getting the thing, no matter what that thing is. So I think it's my take-home message to you today. I've, I think I've just rambled on a lot today, but my take-home message to you today is what is scaring you and why is it scaring you? And are you the, the person and are you that thing that's stopping you from getting that thing? Which normally that's the case. Sometimes we blame our partners. Sometimes we blame our friends. Sometimes we blame our family. But ultimately we are in the driver's seat. Sometimes we're not. Okay. Sometimes you know there, there are a small percentage where our life has just been crap and it's made uh, being autonomous with our decisions much harder. But most of us, most of us, majority of us are in control and are in control of the wheel. We are in charge. So yeah, what are your fears? What are you scared of? And who do you want to be? Be that person. Don't, don't think about what do I need to do to be that person? Just be that person first, pretend to be that person, and then you'll attract, and then you'll eventually do what that person is supposed to do. Thank you for listening. 
If you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe. I hope you're having a great day or great night, wherever you are. But tackle your fears. You'll be so proud of yourself because at the end of the day, this Iron Man that I'm doing right now, the, the half Iron Man, eventually full Iron Man, I'm not doing it for my parents. I'm not doing it for my friends. I'm not doing it for my neighbors or my clients. I'm doing it for myself. I'm doing it to show myself that I can overcome my own fears. I can uh, get out of my own way. And most of the people that do these things, they don't do it for me or for anyone else or for their partners. Or They do it for themselves. They do it to prove to themselves that they are who they think they are. They are who they say they are. And then through that process of doing that, they become better partners, husbands, wives, friends, workers, peers, uh, clients, trainers, teachers, everything through that process. Because we as humans need to sometimes put ourselves through a little bit of pain for growth because without pain there is no growth right thank you see you later bye